and we are live welcome welcome today is trending thursday with the two sisters and you might have noticed that we are absent one sister right at the moment um she will be a little bit late on but anyways we are going get, to get started right away i am part uh i'm not going to say the better part because i'm certainly not better but my name is janice aka wellness diva 3.0 and today on this trending Thursday, I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. Her name is Pollyanna Lara. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. That's perfect. I love about, thank you. What I love about her story, she has always, always wanted to be an attorney, even when she was a little girl. Imagine being a little girl and having this dream. She is a busy litigation attorney for the past 20 years in downtown LA. And she's also a single mom to two amazing teenagers. And with all that life has been thrown at her, as with many, many people, she has learned that you can have it all with balance and joy if you change your mindset about being a working mom. And without further ado, I want to welcome you today, Pollyanna. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Janice. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you guys are great, and I love your energy, and um, I, I love what you guys are doing for the community. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, thank you so much. And again, you know, Carol Sue will be on. I'm just not sure exactly when. She's running a little late, but that's okay. We're going to start diving right on into it. Now, I want to hear a little bit more about your story about becoming an attorney, because I think it's very interesting. You had this dream when you were a little girl. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I did. And every time I hear somebody else say it, I feel like such a nerd. <laughs> like little girls dream of princesses and being fairies and, you know, all these great little things. And here I was like, I want to be a lawyer. And it's, it's so true. Um, I, I have this art project. It was, it's a red piece of construction paper and it was like a career day project. And I swear it's in my parents' garage somewhere. And it's a red construction paper. I'm, it's a self image. I'm in a black suit. I have short, dark hair, except I had bangs because I think bangs were in in the 80s whenever I made this. And I'm wearing a big, chunky, huge pearl necklace that's so thick, it's like strangling me. And the little poem that I wrote, it was, I was either going to be a lawyer or a movie star. <laughs> like those were my two options. And here I am, you know, I, I, the movie star thing didn't go so well, obviously. And so um, I became a lawyer. I went to undergrad and then I went to law school and I was living my dream. I was working at a defense firm in downtown and for your listeners who don't know much about the law, it means I am, my clients are the people that are getting sued, you know, but it didn't really matter. I was just so excited to be a lawyer and I was working in this fancy high rise building in downtown and I was literally living the dream that I had. Wow. That's wonderful. And I'm sure, especially with all the hoopla of being in downtown LA and 
you know, so, so much of a different venue out there, if you will, you know, with stars and, you know, Hollywood and kind of all that mixed in. And I'm sure that at some point, um, your decision to work in that particular field obviously had a big direction on where you went with your career. And I would love to hear something about, more about that as far as like what made you decide, you already knew you were going to be an attorney. What was the attraction for you as far as being a litigation attorney? Um, you know, it's, it's like saying you're gonna be a doctor do you want to do real surgeries or do you want to treat patients in an office? That's how I compare it. You can be many different types of attorneys. You can be a transactional, transactional attorney and never go to a courtroom and you still do high quality work and you're still making a difference and you could be a great advocate, but you're never in a courtroom. You know, you're reviewing contracts, helping businesses get set up. But I knew I wanted that advocacy. I wanted the adversarialness. I wanted the fight. I wanted the argument. And I wanted to, I think a little part of me wanted the win, you know, like, and trust me, there have been some losses too, because <laughs> you can't, literally, you can't win them all. But I just knew I wanted to be a litigator because I thought, what's the point of being a doctor if you're not going to do a surgery? You know, so I wanted to be an attorney and I wanted to be in the courtroom and I wanted to argue and I wanted to, you know, put my arguments in front of a judge or a jury. And I actually had the opportunity to do that. And it's been awesome. Very stressful. Sure. But, but there is a, a rush, a thrill, you know, a certain energy in it. And um, so I got to do that. Um, I love that. And it is exciting. As, as I think I told you, I, I've have a 30 year paralegal plus years, you know, behind me in my, in my journey, in my career. And what I loved about it, you would mention, you know, being in the courtroom and trying your case in front of a judge or a jury, which I always loved that. I loved being part of the process of picking a jury, being at trial, helping the attorney out, it was just amazing. And then a couple of years ago, I thought for sure, well, I was called for jur jury service. And I thought for sure, because of my background, I would not be picked, but they did pick me. I was shocked. It was for a criminal case. That is shocking. <laughs> if you know just this much, no attorney, you know, for plaintiff or defendant, you know, either side wants any, you anywhere near a courthouse. So that is very shocking. Yeah, it really came as a big surprise to me. And when they said, yeah, you know, you're, you've been, you've been picked as one of the jurors. And I was like, what? But I have to tell you, it was a very interesting experience. The, you know, the questioning and, you know, I'm one of those people that when I get the jury notice and I've, ha I've received a, you know, notice to do jury duty, you know, probably half a dozen times in my life. And I've always showed up, never been picked this time I was picked. Whereas, you know, if somebody else would get a jury, jury duty notice and they'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I got to do There's this. People who throw them away. Right, right. But, you know, it was a very interesting experience. And I'm, I'm glad that I had that opportunity to experience that. 
was there, you know, obviously there's a lot of famous attorneys out there. Was there maybe one attorney or maybe it was a law firm, somebody that maybe you looked up to, or, you know, even though maybe you weren't as excited about their case, but you respected the way they represented their clients? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've had two of my bosses who shall remain nameless, um, who I, I really was impressed and felt lucky to got to see how their mind worked. I mean, I could just go to him and say, look, this is what I'm dealing with. He didn't need a file. He didn't need, you know, too many of the facts. And he would just say, okay, Pollyanna, this is what I think. This is what I see, you know, and in just off the top of his head. And that was, that was so, so great because sometimes as lawyers, we get so caught up in the file and the details and the law and the section code and the exhibit. And, you know, he used to be able to do the 30,000 foot overview and just look from above and say, nope, do this, do that. This is important. Don't waste your time on this. And I, and I still, I'm friends with him to this day. So he um, served as a great, great role model. And um, I'm still trying to get to his level, you know, because it's it was in here. So, well, um, well, what you said, you know, really sparked something because, you know, you were, um, that was your role model and you were impressed by that. And that is ingrained. And I'm sure that that aspires your, you to maybe do more or, you know, learn a little bit more about something else because I imagine, and I could be wrong about this and I'm sure you'll correct me on it, that, you know, you have to obviously do your continuing education. I'm not sure how often that is, but um, I think that is wonderful that you had that aspect of it. So now you're an attorney, obviously, and the China virus or whatever pan pandemic happens, how has that affected everything going on in your area, specifically um, as a single working mom, busy, and we're gonna get to your children in just a moment, but I'm curious as to when everything started happening, how did you transition to that? Because that must have not only affected your children's mindset, but obviously yours as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Janice, I have such a distinct memory. It was March 13th and it was Friday the 13th and it was raining and it was the last day of school before spring break. And I went to pick up my son and usually I wouldn't have been there because I've over the years gotten smarter and wiser on how to get help from other moms, which is something I think we should definitely hit on today. But it was one of those things where it was Friday, it was the last day of school, and I wanted to be there to pick up my son and kind of kick off spring break. And then virus, like literally, because that Tuesday was St. Patrick's Day and I'm kind of nerdy and festive. I celebrate everything, literally. And so I had like all the St. Patrick's Day stuff I was going to have them wear. We were going to go out and do stuff. And I remember like we sat at home and... I never imagined over those first couple of days that I would have to basically transition my whole career 
I didn't even know what Zoom was. I, I don't I don't think anybody knew about Zoom so much. And um, thinking this is going to be a couple days, everything will be fine. I'll go back in. I'll start doing depositions. I'll start having my hearings. And here we are almost literally a year later. And just um, yesterday, I talked to a court clerk about, um, I have two elderly clients and they want a jury trial. And we're set for trial April 6th or 2nd, I don't remember. And I called the clerk thinking, are you guys going forward? And she said, I don't see why not. And they're, again, they're elderly. I don't know if they've been vaccinated. And she said, you can always uh, do a bench trial, which again, for your listeners means there's no jury. All of your case, your facts, your evidence, your witnesses would be decided by the judge. And I yet have to have this conversation with my clients and saying, look, the whole everybody hears you have a right to a trial by jury. Yeah, that's not happening for another, I don't know how many months. So it's not, everything has been flipped on its head. You know, it's not just that I had to literally pack up my laptop and come home and bring a phone line to the house and do my hearings from a kitchen table, but my clients' lives have been impacted too. So that's just a real life example that happened yesterday. So now I have to call the clients today and say, look, I know you wanna put your case in front of a jury. It may have to be on Zoom. And that to me is insane. I was thinking, how am I gonna make sure my jurors are listening? You know, what if a juror is on his or her cell phone or the dog is barking, their kids are playing in the background. I think my client is being robbed of the judicial system because my jurors are sitting behind a laptop. So that's just the client's perspective. But as far as my life, totally upside down. And there's Miss Carol Sue. There she is. Yeah, I am. Apologize. Trying to, uh, I had an appointment and trying to get back into my office, but uh, the house is locked and I have no idea where the hubs is. That's what happens when you lead your office. This is real crazy, life. Right? How right. are you, Pauline? I'm doing How great. You? How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here and you look great and you look very, and here I am all dressed warm because clearly you're in a warmer climate and I'm freezing. So <laughs> what's yes, the tip now? A beautiful day here. It's 80, 83 degrees right now. So it's a oh. gorgeous day out. Um, so we were just talking about how I've had to transition working from home as a lawyer because of the pandemic. And so all I was I mean, saying is, you know, I thought it'd be four or five days. And here we are a year later, almost uh, next month, it'll be exactly a year. I know. And so many people, what a transition that must be when you're used to a very I would say conducive to, to that mindset of being an attorney, concentration, being in an office, having your assistant, and then all of a sudden you're home, have to, if you did not have a home office, which a lot of people did not, now you kind of have to recreate that environment, which is, as we know, very difficult trying to balance home life and work life being under the same roof. Kind of crazy. It's, it's called my kitchen table. My office has become the kitchen table. Like I, I don't have a separate office. And if the laptop is up, it's my office. If the laptop is closed, it's lunch, breakfast, or dinner time, you know, because that's just my reality right now. But um, 
I think really it's a team effort. You know, I've got two kids that are remote learning and they need their quiet space. They need their concentration too. And we've kind of gotten into a routine, but the beautiful part is that as cheesy and cliche as it sounds, we're literally and physically in this together. You know, I never got the feeling that my kids thought, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, I'm not right. in eighth grade anymore. And no, I'm not in sixth grade, but I know what you're going through because I'm trying to talk to a judge and, you know, my dog is chewing my toe under the kitchen table. That's not something I ever had to do a year ago because I got to go to an office, no interruptions. I had an assistant, all the things Carol Sue was saying, but I think it's also helped them know, you know, this has been crappy for mom too. And I think that gives them some comfort and they know that this has affected me just as much as it's affected them. So and I think, think that's what, I think that's part of uh, paramount in, in these kinds of situations because for children, depending on, obviously depending on the age group, of course, they're looking at it from the perspective of, oh, you know, I can't believe I got to do this, blah, blah, blah. But when they're seeing an adult, not only their own parents, but their teacher, you know, many teachers are not adverse on having, a, you know, running a successful Zoom that was never required before. And then the different aspects and the pivots that you have to make to your teaching style. So now they're, they're seeing their teacher in a different light, but they're also seeing their parent in a different light. And it really has changed the face and the dynamics, I believe, of how the family cohesively tries to work this out. And it's work, it's it's not easy. No, but, but one thing back, and I think to maybe have your audience and your listeners think of it a little differently. You know what, when I'm done, I literally close the laptop and I move my laptop off the kitchen table now, which is known as my office, and I'm home. It's snack time, it's let's make a pizza. It's, um, does anybody need homework, help with homework for tomorrow? Whereas in the olden days, which was a year ago, I would have to close, pack up my laptop, get in the car, drive to one school, drive to another school. And that was like another hour, hour and a half. But now it's like, we're home. And yes, they have class. They like, we all still have the things that we need to do, but within 10 minutes, we're all connected again. And we could make some popcorn and watch a little 30 minute show so we can just download. And that's been awesome. You know, another thing is like, I talked about breakfast. I've never had, I'm not a breakfast person. Like this is breakfast. It's a cup of coffee. Like that's it. I don't like to eat. But now that the kids are home, I've made it a point to take that time and sit down at the kitchen table and have breakfast with them. And it's been beautiful. It's so, such a great way to start the morning. But pre-pandemic, I would have never done that. It was like, go, 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 go. You know, do this, do this, do this. Everybody jump in the car. We got to go. But now it's forced me to slow down. You know, we have 15, 20 minutes at the kitchen table. I love it. I really love it. And my kids are like, wow, this lady's got time today, you know, and they get a benefit out of it too. And when life does go back to normal, I will keep that habit. And that's a good thing because I think that's one thing that Jan and I have often talked about are the blessings that came out of this pandemic that uh, 
I think we've forgotten and maybe we thought of it was more old school, the simplicity of having that conversation, whether it's at breakfast or whether it's at dinner, whether it's at lunch, slowing down what I call forced family fun, which I called it forced family fun years ago, but now <laughs> it has a whole new level because you're actually, you know, there's so many people now that are playing board games with their children, introducing maybe games that they played as a child has now has a renewed sense of another generation. She saw I haven't played Monopoly in years or Parcheesi or cards or, you know, how about a puzzle? I've seen so many families putting together puzzles. Again, it's kind of a team effort, but I really think the blessings of this pandemic far outweigh some of the hardships if you're open to seeing them. And that does not, that does not, you know, take away any kind of pain that somebody's gone through, whether they oh, have a, a, a loved one that passed away. I don't mean it in that regard. I, I'm, I'm meaning we can always look at an adverse situation and we could kind of go down that rabbit hole of it's, you know, how am I going to do this? It's not going to work. Instead, we were kind of forced, and some people have, but what, one thing that we have tried to share is different avenues of, of, of ways that you can pivot your family lifestyle and your work environment to now become a blessing. Like you said, the commute, the commute alone would be check off. I'm not doing that anymore. Because even when you're in that car, leaving work, going to pick up a child from one school, go to another child, maybe get them to one of their events, dance, soccer, whatever it may be. Now all of a sudden you're more in tune because let's face it, when you're driving a vehicle, you're also, your mind is wandering. You listen to your kids chattering in the background, but you're not really focused. You're focused on driving, you're focusing on your day. Where now you're at the table having that conversation. And I think that's truly one of the greatest blessings that we've received from this. Don't you think, Jan? Absolutely. And I think it also segues into to mindset because I, I love what you said in your bio that, you know, balance that with the balance in, and to have the joy, if you just kind of change your mindset about being a working mom. So I would love for you to share some insight on your mindset, how you go about doing that. And I'm sure obviously that there have been um, a lot of pivots with that and some, some suggestions that, you know, definitely our viewers can, you know, learn from. Sure, and just two second segue. Carol Sue, while you were talking, why I was cracking up, I decided we should do art night and I'm the least artistic person in the world. And so I got these canvases, I got paint, I got brushes. And then we sat at the table and the kitsch just started. And I'm like, what am I getting? Like, I should have gotten a puzzle. And I was cracking up because I decided to draw this lady with this beautiful gown. And it just looks like a big blob with a face. And we crack up. But that was my pivot to forced family fun. And now I'm like, I'm so stupid. I should have just bought a 10,000 piece puzzle. And it would have kept us busy for like three months instead of my bizarro art piece that nobody knows what it is. But that's, but that's, why was, but that's okay. But that's, okay that's why I was cracking happy. up because, oh my gosh. So um, mindset. I see a lot of working moms that are frazzled, like literally their hair, the, the, you could see it in their eyes. They're, you know, on the phone, cooking, um, 
trying to give a pacifier to their baby because they're trying to do just too many things. We all have all of those things to do. There's like the basic things. You have to clean the house. You have to feed the people. You have to make money. You have to make sure they've got clean clothes. Like there's just a finite number of things to do. But guess what? There's always the same number of hours. Nobody has more than 24. I don't care where you live, how rich you are, you know, what you do for a living. Nobody has more than those 24 hours. So it's upon you to structure your day so that you could do it all, not be a crazy person, and actually like the time that you're spending in each arena. So I, the one suggestion, the first thing I talk about is time. You have to have a better relationship with time. You know, we used to have clocks. Now it's a cell phone. I don't think anybody even has clocks anymore because we're so tied to our cell phone. What time is it? What time is it? Where do I have to be? And one of the things with the pandemic and like Carol Sue was saying is the commute has been basically eliminated. So guess what? You just basically earned or created another hour. For some people, it's like two hours. I know people who drive an hour and a half each way, which is insane, but you have to do what you have to do. So if you're working, you know, really be working. So if you clock on, log on, whatever you do now virtually, structure your day so that, you know, nine to 12 or nine to one, it's good, productive, quality work time. I don't care if you're an attorney, you're an accountant, you're whatever it is that you're doing. Because as moms, we have all these arrows. I need to plan a birthday party. Becky has to go to the dentist. Let me see what the newest child footwear is. Um, who has a good dentist? You know, like all those things. And I've really trained myself when I'm working, I'm really working. Social media will be there at night. You know, the gossip, all the news, whatever, all that's gonna be there at night. But like nine to 12, I really just work. And then now that the kids are home, they need lunch. It's amazing. These people eat so much. My kids have never <laughs> eaten so much in their lives. I'm like, who are you people? Because they're home. Some of it is boredom eating. I'm guilty of it too. So then 12 to one, we all shut down. It's the same breakfast concept. I never had lunch with my kids because guess what? They were at school. I was at work. And now it's like, I get to spend more time with these people. And it's so great. So 12 to one, we shut down. And I get to eat with them. And I actually eat because it's, you know, setting a good example. Mom needs protein and nutrition too. And then everybody logs back on at one. And then we end at different times. So that really, guys, has been a struggle. My son ends, my daughter ends early. My son ends. And then I have like another hour, two hours. So for my daughter, I signed her up for a class on my own. Because her school was like, we're done. I'm like, okay, great school, you're done. I'm still working. What am I supposed to do with an 11 year old? Right. And sometimes she would come and be like, mom, can we do this? And it, it, I hate it. I'm like, honey, I have to work. I can't come and make glitter mermaids with you as much as I would rather do that than write a brief. I want to do that. But if I don't work and get this brief done, I'm going to be in trouble. And then the consequences follow. So I signed her up for a dog treat class. It's a Zoom, she does it, and we got a puppy. And so like, you have to get creative because I struggled with guilt in the beginning when she was done and I could see like her just coming and hanging around my office kitchen table. And mom, do you have to, how much longer? 
mom, when are you going to be done? And I was like, babe, we can't do this because it, it was like a little needle, like poking and not that she was doing it intentionally. Her school didn't provide enough of a curriculum for when their Zooms were done. And so that has been a struggle. And so I've told her, you have to do extra math and all this. And then again, 4.35, we're all done. Laptop is closed. And I really, I don't take calls. I don't check emails. I don't write little notes down. I'm mom. And it's great. And it took a long time, but I did that pre-pandemic. You know, I had an aha moment that, you know what? I'm turning into a crappy person. I can't be the woman on the baseball field talking to a client about a deposition in two weeks because guess what? My son is at bat and I felt like crap. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. So I've had some pivoting, if you will, and change of mindset way before the pandemic. The pandemic has been a physical mindset and a physical pivot for me. But I was dealing with a lot of this when I was a young mom because I wanted to do it all. And I wanted to be great at doing it all. And I couldn't because again, finite number of hours and, you know, 8,000 things to do. And I wanted to do them all. And uh, one other thing, ladies, and I, go ahead. The other thing I wanted to say is I used to kind of poo poo the idea of getting help because I think as a woman and maybe it's the attorney in me, um, it was like a sign of weakness or a sign of something is missing in me, I'm deficient, I'm um, not capable of doing all of this. And again, talk about a mindset change. I was like, no way, getting help is the best thing I can do. No shame in asking for somebody to give my kids a ride home, which is a one mile drive from my house, one mile. I used to trek 45 minutes so that I could be the one giving my kids that one mile drive home which was cuckoo, but it was that wonder right. woman complex. Like I got this, I can do it all. And then deep down I was falling apart. So ask for help, whether it's a physical help, you know, having somebody carpool with you, having somebody make meals, or if you can afford the luxury of having to pay somebody to do those things, by all means do it. And I think that's part of the the process that comes into play for, for men, but mostly women, I agree with that, where we do wear multiple hats. Men do as well. Therefore, you know, if you have a partner, really kind of write a list that, you know what, you know, Sally needs to be at blah, 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 her Zoom starts at whatever. I'm working on a brief that's got to get out. You need to, to pick up and really kind of partnering. And if you don't have that partner, again, asking for help is key. And I think too many times, as, as you suggested, people have this mindset like that makes me weak. And it actually doesn't. It actually makes you stronger because you realize I can't micromanage everything, number one. I can't be in three different Zooms when I'm dealing with a judge and you know, she's got a teacher conference or whatever, and he's got a class that she, he's doing with that I need that assistance. It's okay to ask for help. And I think that's one of the pivots for most people is coming to that realization. It's okay that I can't do it all. And I, and I don't feel bad that I can't do it all and get over that. Years. It took me years to get there. And that's, right. 
the hope or the suggestion, Janice, you were saying to your listeners, don't take years because you will lose so much during those years. Your sanity, your health. I mean, there was a time where I got very physically sick because I couldn't manage it all. And I wasn't telling anybody and I didn't want anybody to help me. And I didn't want to admit that I would have to stop doing some things and start doing other things. But these were all things I had imposed upon myself. And I thought, I can't, I can't keep doing this anymore. And there's no need to keep doing it anymore. It took discipline. But again, to your listeners, these are things, there's changes that you can make that slowly we be, will become your new habit and your new discipline and it will change your life dramatically. I think I, one simple, simple key piece to it is a calendar. You know, uh, you know, you have, you, everyone has their own, for most people, they're, they're getting more used to using a planner or a calendar, but have a family calendar. Let everyone know where everyone is at any given moment is going to relieve some stress, especially from a child's perspective, if they're, you know what, I'm getting done with my Zoom early, my class is done. Gee, let me check to see what mom's up to. Oh yeah, mom's got, you know, this brief she's working. I can't, I can't interrupt her because she's doing something important too. So I love the suggestion that you actually signed up your daughter to a Zoom where she was also going to benefit because she was going to learn something. And maybe it wasn't the typical school learning, but it was living learning and life lessons. And there are so many amazing products that are out there with students, dance, singing, piano lessons, uh, any kind of really, any kind of uh, instrument learning, cooking. And I think a lot of them are very, very reasonable. So I- Oh yeah, strong, absolutely. Strongly suggest to our viewers and listeners See what's out there. Network, network within your own community. Hey, what are you doing? We know our kids get out at, at done with their Zooms by one o'clock. We're still busy. Have you heard about anything? And I think when you partner with other parents that are especially in your community, maybe in the same grades that your children are in, you're going to find some other moms and dads going through the same feelings, the same, like, what do we do? And I think coming together as a community is wonderful as well. Oh, absolutely. And you gave some really great examples on how to do that. And, and I would imagine, obviously, with everything being online, um, you know, writing it down too, it is very critical to the time management aspect. And I do apologize for the chirping bird. I swear to that's why I was bleeping myself out and muting myself. But I do have a question and it's kind of a funny question. I'm curious to know, and this kind of has nothing to do about nothing, but something to do with your field. So I'm curious to know, do you have a favorite um, law um, program that you watch? And if so, do you find yourself, because I know I do this, do you find yourself like, um, critiquing the attorneys, the actors playing the attorneys, because I know that I do that. So <laughs> I love it. Funny. Okay. So um, one of the other things that I talk about is why sometimes it's good to be a little selfish. Because if I do something that's feeding my soul and my brain, and it has nothing to do with the kids, 
that's okay because then I'm a more centered, balanced, grounded mom for them. And one of the things that I do, Janice, I wish I had a better answer is my little vice is trashy TV. Like bring on trashy TV, like the stupid housewives and like the, stu- like, uh, I shouldn't say stupid, like those types of things. Okay. But that's just my 30 minute detach from everything. Be a part of somebody else's world, somebody else's, you know, universe, but the thing that I can comment on I don't really watch any more law shows I don't know if there are any even that are on but the one thing is none of the courtrooms look anything like people see on tv on these law shows they're like these beautiful (laughs) huge courtrooms and the sun is shining through the window right on the witness's face and the judge is sitting on this majestic high oak bench it's not like that like it's basically a conference room with fluorescent lighting that's a square and the jury panel box is so small they're all like sitting shoulder to shoulder which would never pass in the COVID because you could never fit that many people but um you know the way that the judges rule on objections I'm like no way would that ever happen in real life and are you kidding me and somebody just you know the witness comes a surprise witness opens the courtroom doors and walks in all dramatically. I'm like, first of all, my opposing counsel would jump literally up and down on his seat and be like, your honor, this person wasn't on the witness list. I'm not going to let them, you know, whatever. That's what happened in real life. But on the shows or movies, this person walks in and your honor, I have a surprise witness. And the judge is like, go ahead. It's like, no way, no way would that ever happen. So yeah, that's, I that's disappointing. <laughs> I, I do scream at the TV like this is no way this is not happening in my that never happens in my world. One other question about TV. Ha, um, have you ever watched uh, Perry Mason? Not so much. I've seen a few. I wouldn't even know where to find it, but I know the show. I think I've maybe seen a little bit of it somewhere in my life, but not a avid watcher. Should I? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's so funny. No, I'm just curious. I like asking silly questions from time to time, and that definitely. No, no, that's great. That's great. On the silly side, you know, you've given our viewers and our listeners um, so many golden nuggets, especially about mindset and you know, different ways to pivot. Um, Pollyanna, how can our guests um, get a hold of you? And I know that you wanted to mention something about that. Oh, absolutely. So um, I've had hosts and event planners reach out saying, look, our audience, our member, a listener reached out. Um, They really enjoyed what you had to say, but they feel the need for more or some more one-on-one. And so what I usually tell people is you can email, I'm on Instagram, Pollyanna Lara, I'm on Facebook, Pollyanna Lara, or even email me, connect at PollyannaLara.com. And in the subject line, somehow just say two sisters. And I'm happy to do a 15, 20 minute free phone consult. Nothing to buy, nothing to sell. I'm not charging anybody anything, but again, my journey, and it was really a struggle. And if 
one of your listeners right now is going through what I went through. And sometimes it's so much easier to talk to an absolute stranger. You know, I don't know their circumstances. I don't know their mother-in-law. I don't know their neighbor. And so for them to call and say, look, I'm about to lose my mind. I've got two kids at home. I'm in a, this career. I'm in this situation. I just need somebody to talk to. And I have been able to, just like you said, Janice, the little nuggets of wisdom, just to sprinkle a few pieces of my journey and my suggestions, I think will be very helpful to them. And it's up to them to incorporate it into their life. You know, you can take the horse to water, but you can't make them follow a clock. Um, so I, I'm happy to talk to them and see what I could do even in that short amount of time, even if it's just one thing, you know, getting help or having a better relationship with the clock. You know, I'm that crazy woman. I do log back on at 11 o'clock because I don't like surprises. I don't like to put fires out in the morning. I've got enough going on in the morning. But at 11 o'clock, kids are asleep. I'm not taking time away from anybody. And it calms me down with respect to, okay, in the morning, I know the things I need to do. I review my calendar. I make sure I'm getting ready for the right hearing. I have my call in. I have my Zoom for my you know, hearing I have a deposition, whatever. So preparation is just as much of it as discipline. I love so. that. Thank you so much for offering that. Folks, you heard that, you know, reach out to Pollyanna and she definitely would be so happy to assist you. And thank you so much. That's uh, absolutely wonderful. Perhaps, you know, like you said, having that different, you know, somebody else that they're not related to, you know, that can really bounce, they can bounce what, you know, the things that are happening in their lives off of, off of you and have a different and probably most definitely a better perspective. On that note, I want to thank you so much for being here today, being our amazing guest on Trending Thursday. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 3.0, and I am part of the two sisters and this is carol sue aka naughty boss live from a loud vero beach we got an airplane going by right now but you everyone you know it's trending thursday what are you trending what are you watching what are you listening to how about change that up and you be the trendsetter we look forward to tomorrow which is what it's friday and you know what that means fantabulous friday everyone have a great day everyone thanks so much Thank Thank you. you. Super cute. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.